afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Oh, I hope you guys were like listening to Elizabeth Tripp, our new host, started just before me with her show, Nourish the Soul. It was a wonderful show. Um, she's an amazing person. We're so happy to have her as part of the network now, um, our newest show, but not for long because our dear, dear friend Larry Sharp is coming back to the station. It's been a little bit delayed. He's been busy with his campaign, rubbing, running for governor of New York State in 2018 on the Libertarian ticket, but he is returning. He's finally committed. He got me his stuff. He's going to be up on the, he's up on the website. Larry's going to be doing his show Wednesday nights at 9 p.m., his new show, The Governor's House. I hope you'll stay tuned. He's he's done. He's been a member of the network for many many years. He's been amazing. Um, he he'll do a really good show. So this you see the station is growing. More live programming. More great stuff for you. And our marathon coming up one week from today, December twenty first, the winter solstice, from ten a.m. Eastern time to ten p.m. We're going to have shows all day long, starting off. Larry's going to. Kick things off at 10 o'clock. Elizabeth will do her show at 11. I'll do my show at 12, followed by a rerun of Oscar's show. Um, uh, who's coming in at, at, at 1? I think Michael's going to come in at 1 with Secrets of the Sire. And then Kai's going to do her show at 2. Adam's going to do his show at 3. We got Noreen. We got Antonia. We got Rob. We got Joan and Priya. We got all kinds of people coming in and out throughout the day. Please join us and support us with our GoFundMe campaign. GoFundMe.com slash Talk Radio NYC Marathon. We're looking to raise some money so that we can grow, have some better equipment, and serve you better. So, oh my God, so much stuff going on. It's hard to squeeze it all in, but let's get started. I got my quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what the universe and Abraham has in store for us today. First, from the universe. Wait, was it you? We have some new help here, and our incoming correspondence has been kind of garbled. Someone was thinking big, I mean really big, and now the entire universe has been thrown into action, aligning players, circumstances, and coincidences that will miraculously fall into just the right place at just the right time. It's changed everything, absolutely everything. The world will never be the same. One of these talking about talking alternative. Gee, actually, this happens with your every thought. But if it was you, did you mean joy when you said toy? Sounded like you wanted every toy. Every, either way, consider it done. Just let us know. Tally-ho, the universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. Reminding us that, oh, when we're thinking big... And there, the universe means really big, that the universe molds to our intention, that all kinds of miracles fall into place. We meet the right people. We fall, find the right circumstances and the joy. Ah, the joy and all the wonderful toys that go with it. Yes, they just manifest around us. Just the universe chiding us on, reminding us. That our intention, that our thoughts, that our heart and our feelings and, and our visions and our dreams, that's what creates reality. That's what moves us forward. That's what makes things evolve. And that we're continuing on that path every single day. And that with every thought, with every intention, the universe is aligning to our will. And I hope you'll realize that we are powerful, magnificent, amazing co-creators in this universe. And that anything is possible. Anything. It's up to us. It's up to us to dream the big dream, to make the decision to live life outrageously. And the more outrageously we live, the more outrageously we can live because the universe will support us every step of the way. 
I guess this is our present from the universe for this holiday season. We're happy to have it. Ooh, I love the universe. Okay, let's see what Abraham says today. As you are in your physical body with source flowing to you and through you, you are continuing your eternal life. And even when you don't know it, even when you feel bad, even when it feels like things aren't going well, source energy is still flowing to you as unconditional love. The source energy that creates worlds is flowing to you. Abraham. You know, it, it never ceases to amaze me how in alignment the quotes of the day are on Thursdays. I don't know about the rest of the week. Well, I do know. I read them every day of the week. But especially on Thursdays, these uh, uh, quotes are so much in alignment. So first, the universe is reminding us that how we think, how we vision things, how we feel about things, like this is creating worlds. And Abraham is reminding us that all the time, Source energy is flowing to us and through us, regardless of how we feel. Whether we feel connected or disconnected, whether we feel joyful or angry, whether we feel happy or sad, regardless of our emotional state, regardless of anything, actually, regardless of our physical health, regardless of whether we're in pain or pleasure, regardless of anything, Source energy is always flowing to us and through us. What we happen to be experiencing in the moment may not always feel so great and wonderful, but that does not mean we are ever disconnected. In fact, we are always connected. As Elizabeth said in her show last hour, we are spiritual beings having a physical experience. And as such, we are having a physical experience, but we are always spiritual beings. You know, sometimes people like to say, oh, like, like that was a very spiritual this or that. Actually, everything is spiritual. Cleaning your room is spiritual. Cooking a meal is spiritual. Going for a walk is spiritual. Breathing in the air is spiritual. Arguing with someone is spiritual. Everything is spiritual. Because we are spiritual beings having a physical experience. And we have this physical experience to learn, to grow, to evolve, to actualize ourselves. To explore the million and billion and trillion and quadzillion different permutations of possibilities in life. This world is amazing in so many ways. And if we can learn to just for the moment to stop judging whether we're feeling good or bad as good or bad, to stop making things right or wrong, to stop judging and putting our own stuff onto what's happening to us, through us, and around us, and to just be present and see it for what it is as life evolving, as life manifesting, as the spiritual journey that we are all engaged in. It all becomes so much easier. And it doesn't matter if you think of yourself as a success or a failure, you're still a spiritual being. It does not matter if you sit and meditate for 14 hours a day or for five minutes a day or not at all today because you were running around doing too many errands, you're still a spiritual being. And it does not matter how good you feel about yourself or not, you're still a spiritual being. And at your very heart, and at your very core, you are filled with loving source energy. There might be some interference between where you are and, and accessing that. There might be some things that are distracting you from that, but it is there. It is always there in the simplest and quietest terms. And our life 
is about learning to unfold from that place. And every lesson we learn and every experience we have, we get closer and closer and closer to touching that divine spark that is within all of us. So yes, I love my quotes of the day from Abraham and from the universe. Thank you. I'm so appreciative of these. That's why I share them with you every single Thursday for my show. I can't think of a better way to start anything. And they're always so apropos um, for my guest, for what's going on at the station, for everything. And it is my extreme pleasure now to welcome to the show Judy Hoberman, who is president of Selling in a Skirt. Ooh, I love that. It's nice and and, 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 and cheeky. Um, she's an international speaker, trainer, coach, and mentor. Her 30 years in sales has given her both the knowledge and sense of humor about how men and women sell, work, and live differently, and it will enlighten you in learning how both genders can support each other in successes in a more productive way. Her audiences from 10 to 10,000 are engaged in details wrapped in memorable stories that are easily implemented that very same day. Uh, a couple of years ago, she was a TEDx speaker talking about prejudging people. Judging, see? Something we all do without even thinking about it. She is an author of several books, including Selling in a Skirt, Famous Isn't Enough, Pure Wealth, and her latest book, Walking on the Glass Floor, is all about those soft skills of leadership. And I'm very pleased to welcome her to the Conscious Consultant Hour. Welcome, Judy. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm excited to have you. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy, busy, busy schedule um, to come on the show. We only have uh, just about a minute before break, so I just want to ask you, are you wearing a skirt? I always wear a skirt. Ah, it's part of my branding. You have to be careful how you brand yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I, I wish you were here in studio so we could get you on the Facebook live stream, but that's okay. We got you on the phone. We're going to take a quick break, Judy, and when we come back, we're going to talk all about how you became uh, the this brand of Selling in a Skirt, what that's all about, and uh, we'll have some amazing lessons for our audience, okay? Sounds great. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday, 9 to 10 Eastern Time, and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. want to connect with are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following welcome to our show follow me friday, friday with joan and priya tune in every friday at noon eastern on talkradio.nyc we're, we're your digital, digital connectors, connectors. Woo -hoo! <laughs> <laughs> talking alternative radio 24 hours a day. Yeah. 
And welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking this hour with Judy Hoberman, a, uh, an amazing, amazing human being, individual, um, who is a, a speaker, a trainer, a coach, somebody like myself who uh, makes her living by talking a lot, right, Judy? That would be true. I think we're very similar. Very yeah. similar. Except I don't wear a skirt. Except maybe on Halloween, but, but we'll <laughs> get into that later. So, um, uh, as you said, you, you know, branding is very important. Um, so where did you come up with this idea of selling in a skirt? I, I, just love the, uh, I just love that brand. It's such a wonderful brand. Thank you. You know, it's interesting because when I started my company, I just wanted something that people would remember, and everybody remembers selling in a skirt. They may not mm. remember Judy Hoberman, but that's okay. And so what do I do? I'm a salesperson, and I'm a female. So I didn't want to say female salesperson. I thought selling in a skirt. But the skirt is an acronym. It isn't about the article of clothing, but you really have to be careful how you brand yourself because <laughs> right. that's what I always have to be wearing is a skirt. That's what people expect. Ah, okay. And and, and so what kind of got you into sales? Is it uh, like when you were a little girl, were you like selling girls? Were you the, like the best Girl Scout cookie salesperson in your neighborhood or is this something you kind of came to later? That's so funny you said that, because I was the number one cookie girl. <laughs> I swear I did not know this. I just intuited it. <laughs> and, and it was before we were allowed to you know, bring cookies to our parents' businesses or stand in front of a, a store. We actually had to go knock on doors to, be, you know, to actually sell the cookies. Mm. Wow, wow. So, so, so you're just, it, it's just in your DNA, huh? I think so, but I was also a Fuller Brush person, if you remember Fuller Brush. Oh, yes, I remember Fuller Brush, sure. Yeah, and that's that's actually where I got my real training, because I knocked on this first door, which was my mom's door, and Uh she said no. (laughs) Oh, man, when your mom starts off, if she's your first sale, and she says no, oh, man, you've got a hard way to go. But she gave me a really good lesson, though, Sam. She, t- she told me two things. One, That's she it. said, just because someone loves you doesn't mean they're going to buy from you if they don't need it. Right. And number two, because someone loves you, they're going to share you with their friends. And uh, so that was referral. Uh, that was my biggest sales lesson. Oh, wow. Wow. So did she at least refer people to you? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, good. Good. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, so you were undaunted by getting your first no, and then you, you kept going. So, so what, um, what kind of uh, uh, got you to really make a, a career out of now? Because you're not just a salesperson now. You're really more a trainer and a mentor where you're helping salespeople to do better. You, you know, how did you make that transition from being a salesperson yourself to being like a sales guru? Well, the the thing that I never had but when I was going through all my entire career was I never had a female mentor. There were no women in sales oh. when I started. And so I had very successful men train me. When okay. I decided to start my company, I thought, what, am I, what was I missing? And so mm. I thought, okay, if I can teach women how to sell and if I can teach men and women how to relate to each other during the sales process, that would be a win-win for everyone. And that's truly what I did. I truly went from selling like crazy to going out and becoming the coach and the mentor and the trainer and so on and so forth. And and that's what I did. Wow. Wow. And how many years have you been doing that now? Over 30. Oh my God. Wow. So like, you know, so you guys know, listeners, you know, like the Judy is no slouch. She knows what she's talking about. (laughs) Um, and, and so what, uh, Got you uh, to 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 be writing all these books. How long ago did you come out with your first book? My first book was in 2011, and it was right. my first entree into being a, an author, which I didn't want to do. But I had a business coach that told me that's what I would be doing, and uh, we argued. Uh-huh. Um, and guess who wrote a book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it uh, nev- never works out when you argue with your coach, because your coach is almost always right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So, so uh, I'm just curious. Out of the, so you've written one, two, three, four books now, right? Yeah, I'm, yep, I did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, oh, which one is your favorite? 
Um, my favorite has to be Selling in a Skirt because that was my first book. And that was my baby. And that was the first time I saw myself in print. Mm -hmm. Um, But my book that's coming out in first quarter, Walking on the Glass Floor, is an entirely different direction. And it will be my new favorite. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. So so I'm just curious, you talked a little bit about it. What was it like for you writing your first book? What did you learn about yourself that you didn't know before writing it? Because, you know, do we tend to think, oh, someone's been doing something 30 years, they're very accomplished and trained, you know, oh, writing a book, that's a piece of cake. That's no problem. They can handle that. Yeah. Not so much. And <laughs> uh, Not so much. <laughs> when I wrote my first book, I was writing and formatting at the same time. And oh. what happens when you do that, <clears throat> excuse me, is you, is you lose your train of thought because I yeah. kept thinking, well, this should be left, you know, justified left or this should be centered or I need this font. And so the first thing I learned was just write the book. Just uh. write the book. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Just write it and, you know, or type it or speak into a microphone or something and record mm. it. Because you have so much in your head, and every time you stop and think about, well, let's move this over here, you you lose all of that. So I started writing my book like that, and then I just stopped, and I I started all over again, and I wrote the book. Uh So I learned a lot about myself that I don't have to control everything. And I right. think that was a huge eye-opening experience for me. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a big one. That's a big one. You definitely don't have to control everything. And when you try to, that's when we really cause ourselves trouble, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So so from that book, you, you have this, uh, what you call your skirt philosophy, S-K-I-R-T, right? Yes. All right. Yes. So why don't we just briefly, briefly, because I mean, we got a lot to talk about, but, but what does skirt stand for? So skirt means, the the S is for standing out. We all live in the craziest, noisiest world, and everybody wants instant gratification. So how do you stand out as the expert? The K is keys to success. There's something you're doing that's wonderful. How do we amp that up? The I is inspiration. Whether you need inspiration or you provide inspiration, how Mm -hmm. do your core values and your goals um, line up? The R, obviously, is results, because that's what sales is all about, and that's what people judge you by are your results. And then the T is time management, because no matter who you are, no matter your age, no matter your gender, we all struggle with time management. Yeah. (laughs) Funny how that works, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. And so so you wrap this all together kind of in, 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 like, how do we move forward in the most productive, most efficient, effective way so that we can really touch as many lives as possible. Absolutely. And we're all in sales and people, they decide they don't want to be in sales. They don't like the feeling about being salesy. It has nothing to do with that. Sales is really a conversation and that's what I try to Mm. bring out in people. Let's just have a conversation. Let's talk. Let's not do this whole, you know, I have to do this or I can't pay my bills because I used to call that commission breath. People smell it and they don't want Uh, any part of it. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I, I, when I go business networking, I can kind of feel that a mile away. You know, there's always that one or two people there who, you know, they're looking at everybody at this networking event as their lunch and they're like in your face and handing you their business card in like two seconds. And like, they don't even know your name yet. And I, I just always get such an icky feeling from that. Because when I go to an event, and I'm looking to meet people, that's just like the beginning, you know, you need to meet someone, you got to develop a relationship. It's, it's not about, hey, you know, come buy my stuff, you need me. Yeah, and I, I think one of the things you have to remember is that um, people, we were taught that people do business with those they like and trust. Right. If you don't build a relationship, what's the point? And that's what having a conversation with somebody is and, and making sure you understand who they are and what they need and, and why they do what they do. And you become interested in them and you have that relationship and you may not sell first time out. That's okay. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you, you say in here, uh, in your bio is like learning how both genders can support each other. And and this is a big uh, topic these days, especially like given the current environment and what's going on in the news and the media that, you know, the, it's not uncommon to kind of almost find this animosity between men and women, especially in the business workplace for a variety of reasons. It, it really is important for men and women to come together, isn't it? 
Absolutely. And if you think about the, what's going on, you know, you want to have um, men that will champion women. Because if, uh, if somebody sees something that is inappropriate and they don't say anything, they're just as much a part of that situation, whether it's male or female. Right. And I always tell people, you know, if you, if you can support someone, if you can champion someone, that's what you should be doing. If you can understand how people communicate with each other, understand where they're coming from and, and try to bring them into your conversation and you bring yourself into theirs. It, it, it's all win-win if you do it right. If you're right. going in and you have this um, combative relationship, that's not going to do anything for anybody. So right. I like to talk about differences and use them as assets rather than liabilities. Right, right, right. And actually, those differences actually serve us in a lot of ways, and they can really help us, uh, as you say, to kind of stand out, you know, in that and that when you're bringing a team together, like I've had this wonderful woman by the name of Jennifer Brown on who wrote this book called uh, Inclusion that's all about diversity, and that when you have different people with, from different backgrounds, different genders, different orientations, and you make them all sort of part of your team, you're much more powerful as a team than you are if you're homogeneous. Absolutely. That, I mean, 100%. That's 100% correct. Just imagine having people that are supporting you on your team because you all get each other. That, that's what the whole thing is. Understand, like, for me, men will speak in bullet points and women speak in stories. So mm -hmm. how, would, how do you promote a, a male to talk to a new female client? You explain how they usually generally speak, and that's what you, you work towards. Right. right. Yeah. Because, uh, again, as, as uh, um, <clears throat> excuse me, as, as uh, what's his name? Um, so famously put it, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. So we come from John Gray. John Gray. John, John Gray. John Gray. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we each have the, the different genders, each have different qualities, different perspectives, different talents, different skills. And so if, if women are more storytelling, more uh, feeling, there's a place for that. And it's learning how to include that in your support network. And, and yeah, men are like straight to the point and, and, uh, you know, the go-getters and, 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 and very, you know, kind of almost myopic in some ways. And that can be good too at certain times to helping with focus. And so when we can learn from each other and support each other of like, hey, maybe you need to tell a little bit more of a story or hey, maybe you need to be a little more focused. Like that serves us in different ways at different times. Absolutely. And, and that's what you have to remember to do. You have to remember, like, why, why does somebody want to do business with you? Why do they want to do some business with me? And how can we make it so we can communicate better so there's more business for all of us? Go with abundance rather than, you know, scarcity. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's always more than enough for everyone. Okay, Judy, it's, it's time for us to take our, our next break. Uh, when we come back, I, I would love to talk about your TED Talk. Uh, I love the, this idea of, of, about prejudging people and, and, and what we need to understand about that. And, and then we'll get into your new book, Walking on the Glass Floor, okay? Sounds great. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Anyone watching the Facebook live stream, if you have questions, please type it in the comments field. We'll be back right after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. curious person, always asking questions? Do you desire to be in the know? I'm your host, Antonia, of the show, So Now You Know. Join me as I attempt to satisfy your curiosity. Listen live Tuesday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. weekly at talkradio.nyc. If you have an interest in marijuana, you want to know about marijuana, law, policy, and culture, then feel free to join me, Joseph A. Bondi, every Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning on my show, In the Know 420 on TalkingAlternative.com. Legalize the earth. 
Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking this hour with author, speaker, trainer, coach, and mentor, Judy Hoberman, and president of Selling in a Skirt. So, Judy, back in um, 2016, you became a TEDx speaker, didn't you? I did, and it was one of the most amazing experiences and the hardest at the same time. I know exactly what you mean, because was it 2016 or 2015 I had a chance to do the same? Which TEDx did you speak at? It was in um, Turtle Creek, which is part of Dallas, Texas. Ah, okay. And uh, and what was the title of your talk? Mine was um, Your Greatest Missed Opportunity. The theme of the TED ah. Talks were um, Outside the Lines. Okay. So I talked about prejudging. Ah. And what about prejudging did you talk about? Okay, so when somebody walks into a room, the first thing you do is prejudge them without even knowing it. The, what they're wearing, how they walk, whatever it is. And we do it very unconsciously. We, we don't even realize we're doing it. And sometimes right. it, it's to the detriment of the person that you just prejudged. Think about in business, when a, client, and when a potential candidate walks in to apply for a position, you have already prejudged them. They're too tall, they're too short, they're too pretty, they're not pretty <laughs> enough, they dress well, they don't dress well. They look smart, they look rich, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so I have been prejudged my entire life, and I thought, okay, I'm going to talk about it. And it was very uh, difficult sharing a story that you had never shared before in person. Yes. And um, so that's what I'm saying. It's the best and the hardest. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that, that whole concept of, of how we prejudge people, right? It's that old idea of like not judging a book by its cover, yet we all do it. It's so unconscious, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you do it in it's like a split second. It's not right. even it's not even thinking about it. You just you just do it and you have to learn to not do it. Right, right. I mean that's you really have to build that muscle and it's building a muscle. It's not it's you know, not just uh, uh, oh, it's just something I gotta be aware of. No, it's something you really have to practice, isn't it? Yeah, you have to practice all the time. And one of the things I did say at the end of my talk was that I challenged everybody in the audience that you probably did prejudge someone in, that when you walked in. You could have prejudged me, whatever it is. And now before the end of the event, you need to go back and fix it. Right. And, you know, so it's just something a little bit common and not so wonderful sometimes. Right, right. And it gets us in trouble lots of times, too, in in the opposite way. Like sometimes we prejudge somebody as, oh, this guy seems like they're successful, they're wealthy, they're good, I can trust them. Um, but you really can't. Right. I mean, I, I don't know about you. I've fallen into that trap in the past where I, I felt I could pre, I prejudged people as being trustworthy who were completely untrustworthy. And if I had just taken a step back and had taken my time to build the relationship first, I would have seen that more clearly. Absolutely. I think it's happened to most of us, and that's part of it. But what you just said on the other side of that was that this person looked like they really had it going on and that they were trustworthy and so on and so forth. And and that's how I had been prejudged my life. Everybody would look at me and go, well, why are you here? Why are you coming for a mastermind? Why are you doing this? Oh. Look at you. You're all put together. <laughs> you don't need any help. Ah, interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So what, what kind of reaction have you gotten from, from that TED Talk? Um, many people are surprised with the story. Hmm. Uh, many people have their own comments about prejudgment. Many people, part of the story is about my relationship with my father. So some people will say, oh, I had the same relationship. Or some people say, oh, I had such a great dad. Or, you know, so it's, it's all, over the, all over the map. Right, right. Okay, cool, cool. Wonderful, wonderful. I always love hearing about people's TED, TED experiences. They're always so fascinating. Uh, and, and so, okay, so let's, let's uh, talk about your, your new book coming out. Um, 
in, in a couple of months in February of, of 2018, Walking on the Glass Floor, Seven Essential Qualities of Women Who Lead. What was the inspiration for this book? So a lot of people have asked me if I will start doing some training on leadership. And I also do a radio show, and every, every show that I do is all about leadership. Mm-hmm. So I do a monologue in the beginning, something like what you do, but okay. a little bit different. Mine is, mine is definitely directed towards women in business. Right. And I started taking some of the monologues and deciding what leadership qualities that they were talking about. And so I sat down and I put together a book, and it's really – it's probably one of the best things I've done, seriously. The book is very powerful, and there's all kinds of exercises you can do. There's, it, it's, just, it's a wonderful book. And so the target audience for this book is women in business? It is. It's executive women. It's, um, it's emerging leaders. It's, uh, you know, uh, women that are first starting out in business that, that want to be leaders. So, yeah, so, so it's, it's what do you think is like the most important message for women in business to hear today who do want to step up and be executives and be leaders in their field or their industry? What, what do you think, you know, just the core? I know there's a lot, but but what would you say is like the core message that most women need to hear today? You know, we hear about finding your voice and finding a seat at the table and negotiating. And those are wonderful things. And women do have to do it. But I think women have to realize that the soft skills of leadership are really what people learn from and really what um, employers and teams are looking for. So something like, you know, being authentic or being generous or being courageous or, you know, those are, kind of, those are the things that people respond to as a leader. So we have these qualities, and sometimes we we push them down because we don't think they're leadership qualities, and sometimes we forget we have these qualities. And so those are the things that women really do well with as leaders. Yeah, so it's 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 kind of bringing that all in, so that as women, you can make a bigger impact. And, you know, if you look at a lot of the industries, they're all talking about we need more women in leadership. We need more women yeah, at the top. Yeah. Okay, so what are we looking for? It's the same thing like if you're a salesperson. What's the biggest thing you can bring to the table other than money? It would be right. the relationships that you're bringing. So same thing with leadership. What are the qualities that a company needs or a business needs in order for it to be successful? Right. And these are soft skills. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you feel that the the qualities that women leaders need are are different than the qualities that men leaders need? No, I really don't. Mm -hmm. I really don't. I think that they're the same qualities because they have done studies that they've taken men and women and have them apply for a position. And they both have these incredible resumes. And yet the person that has the, um, that displays more of the people skills is the one that's going to succeed. And so a lot of the men are now realizing that they don't have to have just, you know, being aggressive and competitive. That's wonderful, and that, you know, can take you to another level. But when you're able to be empathetic and when you're able to relate well to your team, that does, you know, inspire other people to want to do better, you know, Hmm. being resilient and being decisive. Men are much more decisive than women. When When you have to make a decision, you make a decision right away. I might make the same decision. It might take me longer. Right. So being decisive, I mean, those are some of the things, but I think men also can and should use the same leadership qualities. Right, 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 right. You know, I've heard some women sort of criticize people like, Sheryl Sandberg and, and other women who talk about, you know, kind of being more like a man when you're a woman executive in a leadership role. Um, do you feel that that's an issue? I, I think that once you actually um, become, a, you know, you, you try to become a man using their either vocabulary or their personality traits or whatever, I think it's very confusing, not only to the man, but also to you. It's very confusing. You don't have to be a man to be successful. You can simply be yourself. You just have to, there's certain things you have to be able to do. One of them, obviously, is you need to have the knowledge of that position, whatever industry it is. But you also have to be able to lead. Right. 
So, so um, uh, we we just have a uh, well, we have a little bit before break. So, what are the seven essential qualities uh, that you feel women who lead needs should have? So it's, it would be passion, mm-hmm. authenticity, courage, communication, decisiveness, resilience, and generosity. Mm, generosity. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you feel like in, in terms of like the women that you work with and, and, and as you're, you're training and mentoring women, what do you feel they kind of need to work on the most? Like, is there sort of any common traits that you find that they, they tend to lack more often or is it really like all of these? No, no, no. I think the biggest one, the biggest one that people are struggling with now that are they're all starting to talk about is confidence. confidence. That actually goes under okay. courage, but confidence is huge. Yeah. You know, you have, we have women in, in very big positions making tons and tons of money that say their biggest challenge is confidence. Really? Is, yeah, oh. yeah. And when people say that to you, you know, you, you have to have more of a poker face thinking mm-hmm. like, really? You? Yeah. But... But it's true. That's the number one thing people ask me to speak on. Why do you think that is? I, I, I think that maybe, you know, there's something going on in the in the world today that's making it okay to start talking about things that you never talked about before. Uh-huh. I mean, we all see what's going on in the news, but I think yeah. confidence has always been something that we hid because we didn't want think of people to think that we were weak or we didn't know what we were doing or we were afraid to ask for help or any of those things. Mm. So kind of like afraid to show the vulnerability because you have to act like you're so put together and, and, and you know, you got it all taken care of. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean, that's, that's a good portion of it is that you don't want people to think, oh, my God, she can't do anything herself. She needs to have, mm. you know, the whole team help her. I mean, and, and it's not like that. Sometimes we like to collaborate so people are part of the message. Mm. And, you know, it just depends on who's looking in. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, and and having confidence means you're okay with asking for help, and, and it doesn't have any implications on whether you're good at your job or not. Absolutely. And it's not just, you know, confidence of asking for help. I mean, that's a big portion of it, but it's also you're allowed to get some outside support. You mean, it could be from the man in the next office from you, or you're allowed to offer support. Mm. You know, so it, it's, there's, there's so many different things about confidence, but sometimes women will say, I don't feel confident unless I know 100%, where mm. a man would say, I only need 60% and I'm good. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, believe it or not, time flies when you're having so much fun. It's time for (laughs) to take our last commercial break of the show. So when we come back, I want to touch upon... You know, what you kind of briefly mentioned before, like what's going on in the news these days and what does that mean for both men and women in leadership positions, okay? Okie dokie. Wonderful, Judy. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you feeling unhappy with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth from Nourish the Soul, and on this show, you will uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to having a healthy relationship to food and your body. Join us every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. Oh, 
talkingalternative.com. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We are live every Thursday, 12 p.m. Eastern Time to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. You can always find us here on talkradio.nyc. We've been speaking this hour with Judy Hoberman, president of Selling in a Skirt, international speaker, trainer, coach, mentor, author of so many books. Um, Judy, I, I just want to, because it's just it's such an important topic these days, and it's so in the media, I just just briefly want to get sort of your perspective on how all these accusations and on all these women finally coming forward. I just saw this morning um, Selma Hayek talking about how Harvey Weinstein was her monster. You know, it, it's, it's women accusing all these men in power of just completely inappropriate behavior, everything from harassment to rape. You know, what is this doing to our society today? What is this doing to to men and women who are in leadership roles? Well, you know, I think that the reason it's all coming out now is because somebody opened the door and said, it's okay, you're okay mm. now, you can say it. Because people have been hiding this for many, many, many years yeah. for so many reasons. Yeah. But if you're in leadership, you have to be very aware of of, of behavior. Yeah. And sometimes it's as simple as um, saying, I, I don't like that, don't do that. Or right. sometimes it's someone else that has to be your champion. Right. You know, and, it, and again, it's not all sexual harassment. It could just be harassment as well. Yeah. And it could be, you know, I mean, there's a friend of mine who's in financial, and she was in a, a board meeting. She was the only female. And one of the men said to her, hey, honey, go get me a cup of coffee. Oh, Jesus. And one of the other men said, she doesn't do that. If you want coffee, get up and do it yourself. Yeah, good. Okay, so she didn't even have to say anything because somebody was her champion. Yeah. So it's the same thing. If you know something that's going on or somebody confides in you, it's your job to, you know, take it to the next step. And I think that a lot of people didn't do that. Either they didn't say anything or somebody, you know, just stopped it in mid-motion. I don't know. Right. I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a horrible thing. Many of us have been through things like that or have been... Um, recipient of horrible comments because you have to remember going back into the the 90s or so there was no hr that protected people it was like the wild wild west people said and did anything they felt like doing yep yep yeah and and that's the whole thing i mean this wasn't just like isolated incidents it's like a real systemic problem that you know people that felt emboldened that no one would say anything because everyone was too afraid to speak up because they were afraid of losing their job afraid of being blacklisted outcast and and you know people who had you know good careers and, and good jobs not wanting to throw that away and having to kind of grin and bear it Things that they never should have had to have deal, dealt with in the first place. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I recently, in, in doing some of my own personal transformation work, had, had come to a very deep realization that there was a lot of shame over myself as a kid having been beat up by bullies in the neighborhood. You know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't grow up in an athletic family. I didn't really play sports much. And I was always an easy target for the bullies in the neighborhood. And so there was some unconscious shame around, you know, allowing myself to be beaten up and not being able to protect myself and stuff. And, And what kind of came, the insight that came was, I sh- the world shouldn't be such a place where I needed to protect myself as a young child like that. That that the whole situation never should have happened in the first place. That we shouldn't even be in that kind of uh, uh, that kind of environment. And I think that's what people are finally starting to wake up to. That it's not their shame that it happened to them, but it's just this shouldn't even have been in an environment where it was allowed to foster and, and grow? You know, I, 
<clears throat> I have to agree with that. Um, the, the challenge is that there's always going to be people that are going to take advantage of a situation. Yeah. There's always going to be people that are in positions of power and control, and we shouldn't have to go through things like that. But I know, I mean, for me, I know there was somebody that was, you know, two levels above me mm-hmm. and threatened me many times. And really? what do you do? If they threaten you and they threaten your children, what do you do? Ooh. You say something or you don't say something. Ooh. You know, that's that's sometimes the position you're put in. If you say something, I'm going to hurt you. I mean, if you read Selma Hayek's thing, she said he told her he could kill her. Yeah. So do you say something or you don't? You know, yeah. do you want to be a statistic? That's what you think about. Who's yeah. going to be there for my children? Yeah. Yeah, the, it, it's such a difficult thing, and I just feel so outraged, especially if someone threatens a family. I mean, again, I'm not a woman. I'm a man. But if someone threatened my family, it was like, I'm going to the police. This man threatened my family. You know, that's like, you know, you may threaten me. That's one thing. But you threaten my family. That's on a whole nother level. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's that's part of it also. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. So, so Judy, uh, let's deal with some more positive topics. Um, you you help people in, in many different capacities, you know, as a speaker, as a trainer, and a coach. What's your favorite way to work with people? I love to speak because I love to get the energy, but I also love to coach and mentor. There's mm. nothing better than either um, watching them get it or being able to um, transform something that they're going through. And as a mentor, I mentor a lot of young women. Mm-hmm. Um, they, a lot of times they can't afford to hire a coach or, or go to a training class, and so mm-hmm. that's part of my give back because mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to have to go through things that somebody could have helped them with. Mm-hmm. I always said if there was one woman that would have extended her hand to me, my entire career would have been different. But there weren't mm-hmm. any women. It wasn't like someone didn't want to help me. There weren't any. There just weren't any, yeah. You know, so if I can do that for somebody, that, that's mm-hmm. my greatest gift. My, my goal last year was to help one woman a day. And there would always be somebody that would raise her hand and say, can I be your woman? And to me, it's very humbling, very humbling. Wow. What do you What do you think is the biggest lesson for women in in leadership positions today that they need to hear? I think you have to be able to um, understand what is going to be asked of you. You know what the responsibilities are, and decide if this is something that you want. You You, you can't always do something because you want to help a lot of people and so on and so forth. If this is going to be good for you, then do it. And if it's not. Take a step back and say, can I revisit it at another point? Mm. And just be really clear about what your why is. It, it, it doesn't matter what position you're in. It doesn't matter what mm-hmm. level you're in. You always have to remember what your why is. Why are you doing this? Right. And I think if you keep those things in, you know, in your thought process, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help you a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Judy, thank you so, so much. If people want to learn more about you, get in touch with you, where can they find you online? www.sellinginaskirt.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find me on any social media, either at social, either at uh, Selling in a Skirt or Judy Hoberman. Mm, wonderful, Judy. Wonderful. Uh, so you got the new book coming out in February. Anything else on the horizon exciting you want to mention to our audience? I think that's the most exciting thing, and anybody that connects with me, they're going to see some huge things coming out because there's a very large goal attached to that and a very big give back. So just stay tuned. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, Judy. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on the show today. Um, You're also a fellow member of the... Evolutionary Business Council, correct? I am. Yeah, and that's how we got connected. I love the Evolutionary Business Council. We got some awesome, awesome people. Where are you located? What state are you in? I'm in Dallas, Texas. In Dallas, Texas. Ah, wonderful. Well, thank you, Judy. Thank you so much. And um, I hope you'll help me in in spreading the word about our marathon next week. Um, uh, Just a quick word out to our audience. Yes, 
TalkingRadio.nyc is doing our first radio marathon ever, our first annual radio marathon on Thursday, December 21st. We're going to be going from 10 a.m. Eastern Time to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Please help us spread the word. Get it out there to your networks. Um, you know, this is an opportunity to experience all of our hosts. We're going to be live all day long. We're going to have hosts from different shows coming in for various times throughout the day. Our hosts from our Tuesday night shows, our Wednesday night shows, our Thursday shows, our Friday shows. And we're also looking to raise some money. We set up a GoFundMe campaign for the marathon. It's GoFundMe.com slash Talk Radio NYC Marathon. Um, we're just looking to upgrade, get some additional equipment. Like anyone watching on the Facebook live stream, uh, you can tell sometimes, you know, this laptop isn't very powerful, so the video isn't always so great. We need to get a new laptop. We need to get some new cabling, some new equipment. Anything you can possibly donate, five bucks, ten bucks, it all makes a difference. Um, I hope you'll do it. We, we got some big shout outs. We also got, you know, some rewards attached to the GoFundMe. So just check out the GoFundMe page one more time. GoFundMe.com slash Talk Radio NYC Marathon. Thank you so much. Um, so next week, um, I'm inviting a whole bunch of my old guests to call into my show. My show is still going to air from 12 to 1. They're going to be shows. Um, you know, Elizabeth's going to do her show before me. Larry's going to come on at 10 a.m., our new host. We're going to have shows in the afternoon all the way down to 10 p.m. Uh, it's going to be a fun day. We're going to have lots of people here in the studio. I hope you'll all join us. It's going to be great. Uh, stay tuned. We got some shows coming up. Oscar Nordstrom show off the beaten path. Uh, we got a replay after my show, but after his show, we got a brand new show from Kai Cole, Heroic Heart. So I hope you'll stay tuned for that. Followed by uh, Adam uh, and his show. Is it plugged in? Thank you all for listening. We will talk to you next week. Take care. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you feeling unhappy with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth from Nourish the Soul. And on the show, you will uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to having a healthy relationship to food and your body. Join us every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a curious person, always asking questions? Do you desire to be in the know? I'm your host, Antonia, of the show, So Now You Know. Join me as I attempt to satisfy your curiosity. Listen live Tuesday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. weekly at talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on talkingalternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? 
Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. listening to the Talking Alternative Network.